It's time. The Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right. Sounds good. Let's do this. Chat board's freaking out over a, a recruit. We got like I said, a lot of... Look, let's just start with need-to-know news here. Here's your need-to-know news. You know, let's start with the Cubs, who capped off a massive comeback win last night. 14-9 the final. A 7-1 deficit. A race in the third inning with an eight-run third Dansby Swanson, 4 for 4. Trey Mancini had 3 RBIs. Velasquez, 3 of 4. 4 RBIs. That's now wins in 4 of their last 5. White Sox were not as lucky. They tied up at uh, 3 in the top of the ninth, but they end up losing in extras 4 to 3. Lance Lynn, very good. Went 6 innings, 10 strikeouts. Luis Robert Jr., 2 of 4. 2 runs, solo homer for him. Now, both those teams are in action as we speak. The White Sox got off to a uh, an earlier start. They're in the top of the seventh right now. And uh, with two outs, it is a one nothing lead right now for Minnesota. The, the White Sox are going to get a uh, double here, it looks like. So two outs, top of the seventh. Man on second for the White Sox. Nobody really standing out a bunch. Lucas Giolito, which one did you get today? You got six innings, five hits, one earned, two walks, seven strikeouts, 108 pitches today for Lucas Giolito. I've been critical of him at, at times this season. And last year, too, I said you need to develop some more consistency. That would be his highest strikeout total on the season there as well. And the earned runs down. you got to be happy about that if you are a uh, White Sox fan. Meanwhile, the Cubs find themselves in a 2-1 to hole in the top of the third. I haven't had a chance to like flip the game on here. i got to look at it online here. Uh, Seattle scored two in the top of the third year. Uh, Bellinger has the uh, sack fly for the lone run for the Cubs. And kind of surprised that this game doesn't have a higher total because the wind was blowing out as strongly as it is today in Wrigley. I mean, the wind really impacts it there. So if you get a 10-mile-an-hour 10 10 wind blowing out, that is a... Uh, that's a big deal, but so far the uh, Cubs hitters unable to get that uh, ball up in the air. The White Sox uh, will head to the middle of the seventh without scoring that run. We'll keep an eye out on those games for you here. 
Purdue baseball yesterday gets burned by Indiana State. Mike Bolt Jr., 3-for-3 three three with an RBI, but he was thrown out third base in the third and sixth innings. Man, you know he's chasing that uh, that stolen base record, single season stolen, or the career stolen base record uh, for Purdue. But yeah, they come up short. 4-1 to one the final. Boilers fall to 14-17 and 17 on the season. The Bulls head up to Toronto tonight, take on the Raptors as the play-in tournament begins. Raptors bested the Bulls 2 out of 3 on the season. Both those Bulls losses were in Toronto as well. Chicago, a six-point road dog tonight. The Pittsburgh Penguins were closed at a minus 550 favorite yesterday in a must-win game for their playoff hopes. And the Chicago Blackhawks found a 5-2 win in the Berg with two empty netters at the end. That cost Chicago two spots in the standings up from the basement uh, to the third-worst record, and they still have room to move up to fourth if uh, they want to go out and uh, win another game. It is wholly possible for them uh, to lose another spot to San Jose. I mean, congratulations, you get the win, but I'm sure as a fan, you, uh, unless you really hate Pittsburgh, uh, I, I don't think uh, you absolutely love the move there. But uh, those players are playing hard. They're not giving up on the season. There you go. Uh, that does it. That's the uh, need-to-know news. Okay. I can't even remember what I took yesterday. All I know is everything that I ended up taking, it didn't go, did not go well yesterday. Like I took some of those dinger Tuesday bets, just not, uh, nothing wanted to connect yesterday. A lot of home runs in those games, but uh, still slow yesterday. Let's see what we can do here today. Uh, it's coming up here in a few minutes, so you're going to have to jump on it. Uh, Cincinnati, or not Cincinnati, um, wrong red team. Uh, St. Louis is out in Colorado. You're going to have more favorable temperatures and winds out there. Jose Urena is on the mound for Colorado. One strikeout on the season in two games. One! 14.40 ERA. 12 hits, three home runs in five innings of work. Yeah, I think you should target that one. Cardinals are only a minus 175 uh, favorite on this one. Um, but here, here's the deal. I want RBIs out of Goldie and Nolan Arenado. Goldie is two for five career against uh, Arena with a home run. Arenado is four of 17 with two home runs. And these guys have combined for seven RBIs over their last two games in Colorado. Goldie's had two in each one. Arenado had three yesterday. So, yeah, we're targeting the RBIs in that one. I feel like that's a good play for you. We'll put that one on the card for me today. That'll be my best bet. But you got to hurry up on that bad boy because they're getting ready to have first pitch here in just a few minutes. A lot of early baseball today on a Wednesday. If you want to get in the NBA playoff action, no sweat, same game parlay uh, tonight with the NBA playoffs. Uh, There's also no sweat Wednesday. Get a bonus bet, uh, bet back for you on MLB. Why not use it right there on the RBIs, right? Also, uh, get 100% boost on your MLB same-game parlays for each leg added. 
Why not get an odd surge in for the RBC? Heritage starts on Thursday, plus 250 for you to pick a golfer in that. So there is plenty of stuff and uh, plenty of fun tonight on DraftKings for us. We're going to take a break. All right, you don't want to go anywhere. Kyle Charters is coming up next here. Uh, we'll talk to him about what's going on with Purdue baseball. It's, uh, I don't know if it's the season that a lot of us had hoped for. They sit at uh, 14 and 17 right now. And uh, they're coming off that loss against Indiana State. Uh, it's been a slightly different story uh, in the Big Ten. I mean, they've won their last two Big Ten series, and they nearly won all three. Uh, but then they end up losing that uh, tough one to Michigan State. So maybe it's not all gloom and doom. I don't know. Hopefully Kyle will be able to get us a little bit of perspective. Uh, we'll talk with him next. Stick around. This is the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer. 101.7. Hey, welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer. 101.7thehammer.com. We're going over to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, and we're going to bring in Kyle Charters, uh, who is the voice of uh, Purdue Baseball. Uh, you can hear him on the airwaves. Uh, also uh, has a day job, allegedly, uh, as a uh, realtor as well. At least that's what my mail tells me. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> real quick, I just want to know, um, what did I do to deserve this? I got not one but two flyers from you on your day job, and they were both autographed, too, which I thought was really nice. But I just want to know, is that just like a thank you for letting you fill in that you had to autograph two of them for me? Did you actually receive two? I did Sorry. receive two, yes. I, I like how you're just like shocked by that. Sweet, I you. I think you owe me money then uh, for that second one. <laughs> I'll put one up. I'll put one up on eBay. We'll see what we can fetch. Maybe we can donate it to charity or something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, look, it, not a not a great night for them last night. Purdue baseball. They uh, they come up short against Indiana State. Uh, throw. I, I mean, uh, Mike Bolton's thrown out a third a couple of times here. Um, yeah. It just. I want this team so badly to have its breakthrough, that program to have its breakthrough, and it seems like they've been on the cusp of it, and they just haven't really found ways to do that. You know, you lose to Indiana State at home, Evansville loss at home, and I just, I don't know. Tell, tell me I'm overreacting a little bit to what's happening here. I don't know if you're overreacting. Yeah, they, you know, they've lost. Those two teams are, are you know, good NBC teams, so it's not as if they're, they're losing to bad teams, but you do want to win your midweek home games. I think that is what separates uh, a team that you know is competing to make it into the Big Ten tournament versus one that's competing toward the top of the Big Ten tournament versus one that's competing for a spot in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you, you've just got to win those those midweek home games, and and Purdue uh, against Evansville and Indiana State here over the last couple of weeks has not been able to do so. Yeah, I mean, the game last night, at times, your aggressiveness, and that's the style in which Purdue wants to play, is going to get you in trouble. And unfortunately, Mike Bolton, who's great on the bases, twice got thrown out at third base to make the second out. And you never want to make the second out at third, uh, as the, the general baseball rule goes. So, uh, yeah, it was a tough one. Uh, but Purdue played well, and Purdue really has been playing uh, pretty well, especially on the weekends. I mean, back-to-back -back, uh, series wins. Uh, and they've played two of their first three series on the road. Uh, now they have Penn State this weekend, and you'd like to win another series this weekend against the Nittany Lions, and then you'll be halfway through the Big Ten with an above 500 record 
but also knowing that the second half of the league gets a lot more difficult, at least on paper, and it seems like the paper is accurate in this instance, uh, gets a lot more difficult. Uh, so, you know, if you can win two of three or, you know, perhaps sweep Penn State, which I think will be hard to do, but if you get to seven wins, maybe eight wins through the first half of the Big Ten, then you'll be putting yourself in a position to get back to the Big Ten tournament, which I think should be uh, the goal. It's probably the goal every year, but I think for this team this year, uh, to be able to, to do that would be um, a good continuation of what the Boilermakers did last year. We're talking with Kyle Charters here on the Hammerhead Hotline. He is the uh, voice of Purdue Baseball, who uh, have a uh, homestand this weekend against Penn State. A lot of great promotions, too. Friday, 6 p.m. is the first pitch. Uh, Saturday at 2 and Sunday at 1. If you go to PurdueSports.com, uh, they'll list all the uh, great stuff that they got going on this weekend uh, with those programs. Uh, when I try to identify areas of concern, Kyle, with this team, I, I tend to come in, and you touched on this when we did uh, a preview at the beginning of the season here. Uh, some of the arms in the bullpen seems like the consistency might not be where you need it to be uh, to, to have a team that can compete in the upper half uh, of the Big Ten. Uh, talk a little bit about the pitching from what your expectations were at the beginning of the year to, to what you're seeing out there now as we start to hit the halfway point. Well, they don't have a ton of depth in the bullpen. However, the starting pitching during the Big Ten season outside of Kyle Iwinski's start on Sunday, which was a little bit of a strange start. I don't really know what happened there. He didn't get out of the first inning, really struggled against Minnesota. When, Frankly, I thought he was going to have a really good outing because it just felt like it was a good matchup for him. But outside of that, Purdue's starting pitching has been good during the Big Ten. Um, really excellent. Uh, that was really... Uh, the first start of the Big Ten that had not been a quality start or very close to a quality start. Uh, Purdue had a couple of instances where a pitcher went, you know, five and two thirds and gave up a couple of runs, which wouldn't qualify, but uh, is a start that is uh, quality, in my opinion. Nonetheless, one thing that Purdue has changed here recently is it has tried to shorten the stints of its relief pitchers in an effort to keep them more fresh on Saturday and Sunday because Purdue has been. Great on Fridays. It's 3-0 and in the Big Ten on Fridays. And then it has broken down late in games on Saturday and Sundays. And I think that if it could keep guys like C.J. Backer, Jackson Danley, and Aaron Suval fresh by having them pitch less on Fridays, keep those guys fresh for Saturday and Sunday, it could bode well for Purdue. Purdue's biggest problem right now is it just it is not putting together complete games throughout – uh, the, the the entire week. I mean, it, there there are parts that are playing well. It needs to get a couple of guys going offensively that were mainstays in the lineup last year that just have gotten off to really slow starts. And here we are now through the first half of the year and have not, you know, been able to recover. Um, and then just can't put you know nine innings. It'll pitch well, won't hit well. It'll hit well, won't pitch well. Um, and you know, it, it really has not played a whole lot of games. We're all three phases are clicking at the same time. I guess you can take that two ways. It's not great that all three phases haven't been clicking, but you could also look at it positively that if, if they do start coming together, then you know maybe you can get on a little bit of a run. And if that time is going to be at some point in the season, maybe it's now considering you play, I guess now 14 of your next 17 games at home at Alexander. Talking with uh, Kyle Charters here on our uh... Hammerhead hotline uh, about Purdue's baseball season. Of course, you hear him on the uh, radio calls, and 
Even when I look at where they're at statistic-wise in the pitching in the Big Ten, they still sit up like fourth, which is a little bit crazy to me when you when you take a look at what the results uh, have been. But uh, you know, baseball is uh, baseball is a crazy game. Uh, one of the guys we talked about at the top of the uh, program here that uh, really stand out, you know, obviously with uh, Mike Bolton chasing down this uh, stolen base record. Uh, you, you got a guy that can get around the bases uh, as long as, of course, he doesn't get thrown out at third here too. But you know, yeah. Albrecht's been I, I thought pretty you know solid for you as well. Have, have there been any other you know surprises when it comes to uh, the run production here uh, or hitting for Purdue that uh, you like to touch on? Yeah, I think Connor Cascanet, who's a, a newcomer playing catcher, really has settled in there and, and been a, a mainstay now in the middle of the order, has been good for Purdue. Jake Jarvis had a two-home run game on Saturday. He's in his second year with Purdue and really has solidified uh, you know, those three through th- five spots. He's a left-handed bat, so sort of shuffles around the middle of the order there a little bit, depending on pitching matchups. But those guys, uh, you know, have been have been solid for Purdue, and that's been good because, you know, the the three four batters from a year ago and C.J. Valdez and Cam Thompson just aren't producing the same way that they were a year ago. So you've had to have some other guys step up, and uh, some other guys have stepped up. Now, if you know, like I said earlier, if you suddenly could get those two guys. Uh, going a little bit, then you know that really changes your offense. It makes it deeper. You've got some more flexibility there, but they just haven't gotten rolling yet. And you know, here we are, thirty-two games in. I think Friday's game will be number thirty-two of the fifty-six. Uh, so starting to run out of time a little bit for them. But hopefully, um, you know, warmer weather will equal some more production. How often have you uh, hollered about bunt the run over to uh, second uh, this season? I know you're a big proponent of that. Have you been hollering about that during the broadcast too? No, because in the college game they do that. Uh, Purdue had a a safety squeeze play on on uh, Friday, which was excellent. Look, you bring a new pitcher in as the Gophers did on Saturday. You've got a runner on third base with a guy uh, with a good bat and Evan Albrecht at the plate. It's what the seventh inning of, of a scoreless game. Uh, even with the gopher pitcher throwing a curveball, Elbert was still able to get that ball down. And I think you catch, you know, you catch a new pitcher off guard who suddenly, you know, is throwing his first pitch to suddenly needing to field a ball with a play at the plate. It's a good call by Greg Goff, and that's the kind of play I like. Uh, you know, and, and as it turns out, Purdue managed to win the game on Friday night against Minnesota, uh, three to nothing while only having three singles in the entire game uh that's in my opinion a good baseball game and purdue won it um it was a big one to get off to a good start i mean if you win on fridays which purdue has done now through three weeks you've given yourself a pretty good opportunity to win a series and purdue's won the last two we'll see if they're able to keep it going this weekend cubs could have used a guy like you in the bottom of the third last night buddy with that kind of philosophy (laughs) Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't in the World Baseball Classic too, right? Uh, USA has, has a couple of runners on or a runner on, nobody out, and they don't so just bunt the guy over. I don't get it. Uh, give me bunt back the guy Give me back bunt. the juice baseballs. Just let them hit him deep. Come on, that's what I paid to see. But I know you're a purist. You like that kind of stuff and uh, whatever. Hey, I, I, I might be a purist, but I love the hey. I love the pitch, pitch clock. Love, love the pitch clock, and I've grown to be fine with. Uh, uh, preventing the shifts, outlawing the shifts, that's fine. Uh, with me, bigger bases means more steals. I'm great with that, too. 
Um, so I'm not uh, I'm not a hardliner like some. The the changes have been good. You just like the faster games because you go up to Wrigley Field. You're going to buy that new uh, uh, the uh, they they got the uh, the beer and the in the baseball uh, bat thing. It's like thirty three bucks, and then that way the game moves fast. You don't have to worry about hitting a second one for those. That's the only reason you dig it. Yeah, that as as a guy calling games, the only reason I dig the big clock. <laughs> well, you get up there to Wrigley Field. All right, yeah, do the Harry Carey. Uh, Kyle Charters again. You listen to him during the uh, ball games, especially even if you're going down to Alexander. Uh, pop the little earpiece in, and uh, you can hear him. He does a great job uh, every uh, broadcast there. So make sure you check him out again. Purdue at home this weekend, starting on Friday, six o'clock. They'll take on Penn State. And uh, you can get on out there. they got great deals this weekend. Friday night's a Little League night, so it's cheap to get the kiddos in there, too, when they wear their jerseys. All the details at PurdueSports.com. Kyle, always a pleasure uh, getting a chance to uh, talk anything with you here. So uh, thank you so much. We appreciate the time, and uh, best of luck with the broadcast this weekend, all right? I know it pains you to say nice things, so I appreciate it, Jared. Thank you. Uh, gosh, I'm going to need a break after that one. All right, take care, buddy. <laughs> Kyle Charters, everybody. Let's take a break. Let's come back and... Man, the message boards yesterday teeming over this rumor that just kind of it, it manifested out of nowhere, and I, I don't know. Well, I feel like I got to talk some sense to some people. We'll talk about that next. It's the Hammer Down Show. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show. Thank you to Kyle Charters for being on with us here. Update from the world of baseball. It's 2-0 Minnesota now in the bottom of the eighth. One out and a uh, double here just scored a run. I need to see who hit it. But then also middle of the fifth, Seattle to Chicago Cubs. One as we uh, keep an eye out on uh, everything there. All right. So last night, there is... This rumor going around, I, I saw something on Twitter first, and then I headed to the to the message boards. And there is this word that a, a, a prominent star recruit for Purdue had a good chance to decommit. And I said, that would be news to me. So I went, you know, the normal site, see if anybody had anything. No, nobody that writes anything really had anything. But the message boards are all speculating. Oh, geez, this is, it's the fairly Dickinson loss. Oh, geez, it's the NIL. And I'm like how it devolved so quickly into the complete demise of Purdue basketball for now and always was astounding to me. And not one lick of common sense used at any point. And I understand a lot of, there's some people on some of these sites that are, uh, they're just to stir up trouble. That's what they like to do. They got a cheap membership or something. I, I, I get it. I get it. But you as a semi-rational Purdue fan should not be out here tweeting stuff so recklessly about 16-year-old kids. I don't think it helps. I think it hurts. It's not just what you tweet or, or put out. It's also the comments that go under it. Because sometimes kids search for their names. And then all that other stuff comes up. And then maybe that reinforces something. I feel like you cause negative impact here. 
And you're also losing your mind over a kid who is a junior in high school right now, and things change. When you commit as early as Cannon Catchings did, there can be some bumps in the road. It's not just with Purdue. That's with all of them. It happens. But just because the kid changes some stuff on social media doesn't mean it's the end of things. Doesn't come out and flat out tell you something. Doesn't mean anything has changed. Stop. What is with the speculating? I don't get it. I just don't get it. I think when you go out there and you hit the message boards and you hit the social media and then you start tweeting out anything about it you don't know for sure, that's a problem. Because there's going to be comments underneath it as well. You don't think recruits don't see that stuff? You don't think that players don't see that stuff? It's hard enough to be a a 16-year-old these days. It's always been tough to be that age. But, you know, Ketchings just spent all that time down in Florida for that big uh, USA basketball camp. He was under-recruited early. Now he's wowing a lot of people probably in his ear, talking to a lot of other guys. Maybe it's just a reaction to something. You don't know what it is. But I guarantee you're not helping the situations. I, I just, I don't understand it. Seriously, the message board stuff was just so ridiculous. I mean, it just started out with, hey, somebody removed uh, an account from the from their Instagram bio to, guess what, three-fourths of the team is transferring out now. Like, hey, I, I don't know how you get there. I don't know why you do it to yourself. I, it just seems so counterproductive for people to freak out about things that they, they don't know about. Until somebody actually calls and talks to somebody that, that, that knows it's in the situation, why are you just... Oh, it's got to be NIL. Oh, it's the the Fairleigh Dickinson loss, really? What was that? A month and a half ago? Did you just now find out about it? Come on. Stop it. Listen to yourself. 16. Of course, when the ranking shot up and you start to see all the great videos and stuff, more people were going to come out of the woodwork, be in the ear and stuff, cause some confusion maybe. It's not shocking if somebody were to reopen their commitment, if they wanted to. As far as I can tell, he hasn't done it. Nobody said that he's done it. He hasn't said that he's done it. So what are you freaking out about? And even if he does, it doesn't mean he's not going to come back. Like I said, probably have a lot of people. Once you start shooting up the rankings, a lot of people in your ear. It can't happen. Doesn't make him a bad kid or you know, welching on an agreement. This stuff happens. That's the only thing I don't get. You see it happen all the time to other programs. He's in the class of 2025. He gets one shot to, to, to get it right here at the beginning 
if he needs a little bit more time or a little bit more space, let him. I'm sure Purdue's on it. Sure, Matt Painter's made calls, talking to him. But until you know anything for sure, then why do you why why get out there on the social media and pull all this stuff out? I mean, it was just it, it was really sad to see from our fan base. I didn't like it. I know every fan base has them, but let it go. Let it go. Live your life. Let him live his. You don't need to speculate about the. You're you're smart enough. You should be a smart enough fan at this point around this basketball team. You really should. So just knock, just knock it off. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna wrap up the Hammer Down show next. It's one zero one seven. The Hammer one zero one seven. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. The White Sox down their last three outs and trail three to nothing with a runner on first up in Minnesota. This is a, this is a rubber match, too, right? Because I believe, what, it was four to three both the first couple of games. You'd like to go on the road and get that first series win in the Central. That also gets you to 6-7. and seven. You close the gap a little bit more there. Cleveland is losing to the Yankees. It's early on and everything here. But there's that, you know, a little bit of confidence you get from sitting on top of the league. So we'll see if they're able to uh, eke out a comeback here. They're on uh, Alberto's the sixth hitter, and he just grounded into a a 6-4-3. So not looking too hot for the White Sox, who will then uh, jump on the plane back home. They've got three against Baltimore, who is uh, trying to be the most fun team in Major League Baseball. Clevenger, Kopech, and Cease. Tyler Wells on the mound for that first game, uh, which is on Friday. So they're going to have the day off. Meanwhile, Cubs still trail 2-1 to one to Seattle. They're looking uh, to take the sweep here. And uh, a team that's finding themselves a little bit of momentum. Stroman, uh, five and two-thirds right now, two earned, five strikeouts, and a, a couple of walks. The fact that there's only three runs here in a game that I think the over-under was probably around 11 because of the wind blowing out here is uh, a little surprising to me. But just three hits for the Cubs right now uh, into the uh, top of the sixth inning. Uh, They're going to need to find a way to uh, generate some offense here. Uh, As for the Cubs, you know, sitting at six and four, they're a couple of games, game and a half behind Milwaukee. Pittsburgh uh, lost to uh, Houston 7-0, so that dropped them to 7-5. Chicago can get that win. They go to 7-4. That would get them second in the NL Central. They'd wrap up this series with uh, Seattle, and then they'd also have the day off tomorrow. Had to drive all the way out to uh, L.A. for three. They got a little West Coast uh, swing coming up here through next week. So they get three against the Dodgers, followed by three against Oakland. And uh, they're going to end up on the uh, the bottom half of that 
Dodgers uh, starting lineup there. Syndergaard, Grove, and Urias. Say so Dodge Kershaw, you like that? And get beat up on Oakland, but then you got to come right back. You come back home next Thursday against the Dodgers for four, and uh, you'll have to get to them here. But they'll start at Grove and Urias again. So building some real momentum here. They won four out of their last five, five out of the last six, and they had that one in Seattle postponed, or not Seattle? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Cincinnati postponed. I mean, if they would have won that, they'd. They'd be one of the hottest teams uh, in uh, baseball behind the race. So they got some momentum, uh, but seven games against the uh, Dodgers uh, over the next, what, that's from the 14th through the uh, 23rd? That's not going to be easy. San Diego will come in after that. And then the end of the month has trips to Miami and Washington. Cubs can be out to a really, really good start here. Uh, I appreciate the thoughts that I get on the Hammerhead hotline at 765-447-4080. I got one here. Glad you're addressing the Cannon Catchings rumors. Thank you. People are crazy. Exactly. I I think you let your imaginations run wild that it's just this big conspiracy. There's a lot of stuff. And usually um, the most logical, the simplest explanation is probably the most correct, and that's just... He was out around a lot of high-level talents and a lot of big-name, important people telling him a lot of things. And, you know, maybe he just, maybe it's a gut reaction. I highly doubt that Purdue has done anything during the, you know, down period here to all of a sudden, maybe it's, it is possible, but until somebody officially can tell me that, I don't know why you're going to let your imaginations run wild here and, end up in the place that you're in. It's 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 not healthy. It's uh, certainly not good to be putting on social media. So I I think you just uh you just just stop it. Right? Please just stop it. I mean that it's been a pretty been a pretty slow little Wednesday here. Uh YouTuber Jake Paul's got his next boxing match. He'll go back to where he wins facing old UFC fighters that don't box. Uh, in Nate Diaz, that's scheduled for August the 5th, if you're so inclined. Well, I don't know why you waste your money on that stuff. It's ridiculous. Uh, ESPN also had an article on the Colts staying focused on the NFL draft. As there's this, there's just such a huge push for Lamar Jackson to get this massive deal and for somebody to give up two draft picks and pay him all of this money to take him away from Baltimore because he won an MVP once. Um... It's odd. It's a real big push uh, by the players to make this happen because they want the guaranteed contract. They want the fully guaranteed, and they feel like this is a guy that can get that for them. You know, he's got to set the precedent. Uh, even though you know Ursay has said, "Listen, I don't want to give up the two first round draft picks." If it was a free agent thing. Hey, maybe it's a different story. But even he said he doesn't like the fully guaranteed contracts. But there's that continued push. I, I still stick. I, been saying it since December. I'll stick with Will Levis to the Colts. That just feels like a match to me. It feels like what the Colts would want in uh, body type, height, uh, pocket passer. As Steichen wants somebody with the mobility, I get it. There is something to be said about franchise identity. I still think Urzay has a little bit of pull. It is his team. 
it was weird to watch the video of him eating a rotting-looking banana with the peel on and dipping it in mayo. That's some serial killer type stuff. Metaphorically. That's just weird. I don't know why you thought that was a flex, but yeah, I still think that is your next quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, softball is back tonight against uh, SIU Edwardsville. Uh, I believe that is a 5 p.m. first pitch. And uh, it's the coaster giveaway. So you can get on out there for that. Uh, both baseball and softball home this weekend starting on Friday. Uh, so it should be a lively weekend on campus. And there's tennis out at Schwartz, I think, Friday and Saturday as well. And you've got the uh, Boilermaker invite on uh, campus for the men's team. A lot of stuff going on this weekend. We've had some real slow weeks uh, on campus here as we come out of the winter and get into the spring. And, you know, a lot of that is by necessity because kind of hard to play baseball at the end of February, early March. Same thing with softball here. Not golfing on the course uh, at that time, too. So it's nice to finally have campus buzzing a little bit here and uh, get some of our favorite uh, sports back. So uh, that'll uh, all be stuff for you to attend. That's going to do it for us on the show. Uh, we're going to come back tomorrow here. We'll recap everything happening with the uh, the Cubs and the uh, White Sox as well. We'll start to look at the weekend. We're pulling for Adam Shank in the RBC. Hopefully his wife doesn't go into labor over the event and uh, he can experience that with his wife uh, next week, but he's sneaking in another event and uh, teach us how you do it, buddy. Teach us how you do it. Uh, <laughs> good luck to him. Uh, he tees off tomorrow morning. I think he's an early guy too. I, I I looked at it yesterday and I want to say it was like in the seven thirty range, but I could be wrong. But I did look it up yesterday. I just don't remember. But uh, we'll see how he does after his first round. We'll have plenty to talk about back here tomorrow on the Hammer Down Show. Don't forget we post the show up. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, and Facebook. Give us the follows. We'll see you back here tomorrow.